Welcome to Chronically Fully Sick. Before we begin, um, we'd like to acknowledge that we're recording today on the stolen lands of the Yeora and Gulen Nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to episode 26 of Chronically Fully Sick. Jomi hmm, is a fiercely independent woman with a killer attitude. So far, so good. Running from a troubled past, she arrives in Las Vegas, taking up a job as a pole and lap dancer at the Cheetah Club. Ooh. Soon thereafter, however, Jomi is given a bigger challenge. She's offered a job at the Stardust. Sounding very familiar. Suddenly, she's thrust into the spotlight of a big-time showgirl event, and she meets Clorista. <laughs> The star of the show, the one who can make her or break her. Yes, I'm sitting here recording in my Versace dress as we speak. <laughs> Iconic. Nice dress. Thanks. I bought it at Versace. Iconic. Yeah. Sorry. Iconic. I, I had to do that because um, I know that you know showgirls very well, but I just realized yeah. that like I could easily input our names into the actual oh, yeah. names, Nomi and Crystal from the from – yeah. yeah, I was very right impressed here. with myself. I'm going to do a little little treat for you. Only you will be able to see this, mm. but you ready? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You've got to do the, the showgirl's hands. hands. It's like yeah. such a movement that is I've never seen anyone else or I've never seen it anywhere else. It's just yeah. purely in Paul Verhoeven's showgirls. <laughs> I can't. Or, ne- or, or someone have sex in a pool like that. I mean, she no looks one. like she's... Yeah. Elect- being a dolphin electrocuted by yep. Kyle McLaughlin's penis somehow. I don't know, man. It is. I don't know. No one has ever had sex like that in the history of the universe apart from... And no one ever will. No, and no one should. <laughs> no one should. <laughs> it's not not good for anyone apart from Kyle no. McLaughlin. And what's her face? I always forget her name. Oh, shit. Yeah, fuck. No, man. no, moving on, moving, moving on. on. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise we'll, we'll get into an IMDb hole and that's not what this podcast is about. What um, is it about? If, well, uh, if you want to get updates on us and the Chronically Fully Sick podcast, you can do that on Twitter at Chronic Full Sick or Instagram at Chronically Fully Sick or you can get in touch with us via our website, chronicallyfullysick.com. We also do have a group on Facebook called Chronically Fully Sick, which is filled with lovely spoonies who chat about all things chronic illness. Ill, Ill, illness. Oh, illness. Oh, wow. <laughs> My uh, <laughs> reading skills are really up to uh, up to scratch today. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, for our reading skills and many other uh, skills that we have, please do rate us um, on Apple Podcasts or your podcast listening thing of choice because um, it helps other people find us and our terrible reading skills. So, yes. Mm. Hi, Joe. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm. Well, it's been a while since us doing this podcast, but you and me, we catch up all the time, don't oh, we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we um, we text each other many, many yeah. um, adorations and love messages and um, yeah. just piss jokes and all sorts of things. Yeah. Crisis, phone calls, yeah. getting very drunk. 
definitely crisis been, phone calls. It's been, it's a, been a time. It has been a time. Oh, God, it's been a time. Um, what's been happening with you? Some of you guys might be aware that I recently went into hospital for a week to get a ketamine infusion to address my chronic pain issues being fibromyalgia mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I experienced ego death for a week. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was your, like, your messages at the period of time that you were in hospital were just a wild ride. And because yeah. I was not having a great time either, they're exactly what I needed. I didn't know I needed yeah. them, but I needed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I decided to, um, you know, listen to a lot, a lot of records, fall into nothingness. Illustrate? It's like, illustrate. Yeah, I did a couple of illustrations, which um, I had a group of Kenyan nurses looking after me at some point. Shout out. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and their accents were really funny when they were trying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful accent. Um, but they were asking me if they could see what I was drawing and I'm like, oh no, I, I don't think that's a good idea because I was drawing, um, Eileen Wernos, the serial killer. And you kept um, drawing Eileen Wernos, right? Like at different yeah, stages yeah. of your ketamine treatment. <laughs> like, it's like those Vice articles where it's like, I did this many self-portraits on all these different kinds of drugs. Like, Yeah, <laughs> or when they the... give like, a spider cocaine and they see what kind of web it makes. Yeah, <laughs> that, is for, that was you. That's exactly what you look yeah. like. Yeah. And they were like, uh, no more ketamine for you. Yeah. And then they started, they all started calling me Mrs. Creepy. <laughs> This is creepy. <laughs> and I sent you a message being like, is there a Mr. Creepy? <laughs> um, oh my God. That, so that when you sent me that message and it was like, yeah, your, mes- your messages were so like disjointed at the time that you were in hospital. Cause obviously you were typing yeah. very quickly and high as a fucking kite. And yeah. you're just like, haha, they called me Mrs. Creepy. And then I was like, I just would have to wait for context. <laughs> Just shit like that. I was like, cool. Yeah, I could only um... like really see my phone for a lot of it. That immediate sort of area in front of my face for a a whole bunch of it. So it was pretty funny. But you know, you can just go outside and stand there with a giant vat of ketamine. That was a real revelation for you, wasn't it? That you weren't Uh, you weren't kept inside. Yeah, you thought it was jail. Stop me escaping. You've got to stop wandering stop. around St Kilda. Yeah, we've got to stop the lady with all the horse tranquilizers just wandering about in the park. She's taken her rolly thing with her. Like, oh, uh, the coffee call. was terrible. Uh, like, you kept complaining. I don't know. About, you complained to me about the coffee. I reckon about six times a day for the entire time. True Melbourneite. <laughs> True Melbourneite. But like, yeah, I was like, I better not wander very far because I am in St Kilda, and this actually says ketamine on the front. So. <laughs> You've just got a massive hat on that says, please ask me about my ketamine. (laughs) Yeah, please rob me. (laughs) So anyway. This bag that's attached to my veins. Yeah. Two weeks later, I don't think it's done anything, to be honest, which is really disappointing. Is it one of those Um, things they say that it it takes a while to settle or did they say you should feel stuff straight away? Yeah, because I had COVID before I went into hospital and I was really – flary and then when I went to hospital they started just poisoning me with gluten immediately so oh that God. was cool yeah and then you, you. I got out had a massive flare that's kind of trying to settle down now and we're sort of seeing where we are but 
it's I haven't been great. It's meant to last three to six months. And to be honest, I'm not expecting much, but unless it's like great, I can't, I just can't be fucked doing it again. Yeah. Fair. However, the ketamine cream that I use really regularly is really good. And I, as we have discussed, am a um, medicinal marijuana patient. Mm. So that small mix of THC and CBD for fibro has been really effective for me. And yeah, a bit of gabapentin, and I think I'll just keep rolling along on that and see what happens. Yeah, fair enough. So, it's it's a massive yeah. like undertaking to go into hospital for a week. Yeah, I it's, would love to go to Thailand or something, dude. It's mm. it's a massive undertaking to expect people to be able to just do that every six months. Well, well every I'm lucky three months. I, I can afford private health insurance. Yeah. So. Well, that's a, that's right. Like most people can't really not even think of that as an option. You know. But I think KET's going to be like rolled out as a more accessible, common treatment yeah. for things and become more accessible as we go along. Because as you know, it does great things for people with depressive disorders and stuff too, yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. So it's like they still taking that, um... my antidepressant. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the same as like medicinal marijuana, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's become that's way more accessible than that was five years ago. And that'll happen with KET and probably... um magic mushrooms or whatever they whatever they're called psychosyllabin or whatever yeah blah 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 but anyway yeah um i like to call uh, them mushies mushies but yeah you can get you can get medicinal marijuana dispensed at chemist warehouse these days man yeah most gps do it so get out there friends yeah get your little card yeah, it's, I'm, I'm still struggling with it just because it's just out of my sort of like pay scale. Like it's, I, even though it's more accessible now, it's still quite expensive. Mm. So mm, yeah, yeah. yeah, hopefully that, uh, that cheapens in the, the next little while, but you know, fingers crossed. But mm. yeah, how long has it been? Two months? I can't, I don't even know how long it's been since we recorded. It's been a wild ride for both of us, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've had a particularly shit one though. Yeah, like I said, you sending me your ego death messages throughout your time in hospital was like exactly what I needed at that point because I have had a shit fight uh, of a month. So that was, uh, it really cheered me up to see all your drawings of Eileen Wernos and... <laughs> I'll put those on our Instagram for anyone that's curious about what my brain scramble look like. Please do. And a screenshot (laughs) of the messages where you're just like, haha, they call me Mrs. Creepy. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, no, it's been a um an absolute shit fight of a month. Went through the situation of um someone that I loved very much passing away, uh, which was uh, very difficult. Um, mm. So, yeah, uh, grief obviously does really cool things um, to chronic mm-hmm. illness and mental illness. That kind of started my slide down into complete gutter, <laughs> gutter trash. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling with grief kind of stuff. Um, and then I had the situation of, right, and this is something that is hindsight 2020 on this one. I was completely ignorant to this, but mm. I had a UTI, right? And that sounds like not so much of a big deal. I get them semi-regularly. Um, Too much wanking and not washing your hands. Yeah, Not peeing after having a wank. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, no. But the, the <laughs> most annoying part is that was I just got it for no reason. Um, I was struggling to just focus on work and do all of that kind of stuff. Um, and mm. then I think because I was struggling so much mentally, like, you know, when you're uh, – chronic illness stuff starts flaring up and your immune system goes yep. down because of grief and all of that kind of shit. So I uh, got a UTI, right? Mm. And 
this is going to sound ridiculous. It's going to sound um, like really ignorant. I just left it because I get mm. semi-regular semi uh, UTIs generally. They usually last about three days and then they go away. Yeah, yeah. and when you're, ch- when you're chronically ill and you're, you're, you've got chronic pain issues, you're, it's often masked by that medication that you're taking probably, I would yeah. say. I just left it and I remember thinking to myself, oh, this, is, this must be a pretty severe UTI. It's lasting heaps longer than the normal. So anyway, mm. I had a doctor's appointment with my doctor lined up. So I, was, I just put up with it and was like, I'll just bring it up with her. So we had our, like, mm. our full doctor's appointment and at the end. And I was like, oh, yeah. And also, by the way, and told her this. And she's like, um, what the fuck, Chloe? Like, you could have turned this into a kidney infection. Why didn't you do anything sooner? And I was like, it could what? I had no idea they could do that. That's what happens oh, yeah. if you leave UTIs. I didn't know that. I just thought you're UTIs an ignorant just, bitch. I am an ignorant bitch. So yeah, now I've learnt that. And then I, <laughs> and I was like, I thought I should bring it up because um, you know, last night I had a really bad night's sleep. It wasn't the urge to pee that was waking me up. The pain was waking me up, and I f- figured I should bring it up. And she's like, Chloe, you should, probably should have gone to hospital. You could have seriously damaged your kidneys. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Didn't know any of this. Um, mm. And I went into a full Wikipedia, like like WebMD hole, after I got antibiotics and all of that kind of stuff by the doctor. Oh, yeah, you can, like, be put on dialysis. You can have, oh, like, yeah. all of these. Yeah, you could die. Okay, why don't they teach you this shit in school? I don't need to know algebra. I need to know if I can die by having a UTI because they're so yeah, common. Yeah, this is what... This is what they need to teach you in school, right? Mm. Piss after sex. Mm-hmm. And if someone gives you drugs, only take half. Oh, yeah, to see what it does. Yeah, wait yeah. wait, wait an hour or two and then take the other half. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I've never never adhered to that, if I'm honest. But you know what? Itch to their own. So, yeah. yeah. And went, look, look where you've ended up. <laughs> look, look at me now. Look at me now, Dad. Yeah, so that all happened and that was really cool. Um, so I was extremely normie sick for a week, which I fucking mm. hate being normie sick. It just shits mm. me to tears. And I had to take time off work as well and I hate ha- having to take – my sick days for normie sicknesses when I usually have to save mm. them for chronic illness reasons. And then uh, I had a an appointment for uh, the pain clinic earlier this week. Uh, um, dun, 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 dun. It's one of those things that I was like, I know I have to do because I can't afford to see a private pain specialist. And like now they make you go, uh, you need like a second opinion on Schedule 8 drugs if you're going to get prescribed oh, with Schedule sake. 8 drugs. So I have yeah. to get... I, so I have to go once a year to the pain clinic now, basically, which is super cool and fun. But basically, I so I sort of said to them, I was like, yeah, like since I've been here last, like, you know, I've been curious about like whether I should get checked for endo and um, Ella's Dan loss and all of these different things. And she was like, okay, I can't help you with any of that. Um, but I'm just oh. going to read out. The, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to read out these questions and then get angry at you when you answer them. And so at one point she asked me the question, um, uh, what has helped your pain in the past? You know me, like I think both of us have got to the stage where we're just like 110% honest now. We're just like fucking, you know, probably some cocaine. That You know, like I'm yeah. just going to be completely honest with you. And so I was like, look, in the past, the only thing that's really helped has been opioids, like fairly low level ones, but opioids. Um, snorting endone yes yeah exactly I would love to snort some endone right now thank you ma'am um if you could just bring out the silver platter but yeah so I said that and I was just like and look you know like last time I came to the pain clinic you guys essentially like forced me to come off of my low-level opioids and start on Cymbalta and Lyrica and now I'm 
now I have all these drastic side effects and, um, yeah. you know, withdrawal symptoms from them. And I never yep. had any issues at all with any of that kind of thing with low-level opioids. And my quality of life was far higher. And so literally yep. all she heard from that sentence was the word opioids and tutted at me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to do a imitation of tutting, but that you know what mm. I mean. Like she just like, oh, like it was a sigh of being like, oh, well, that's disappointing. You know, like what a disappointing answer. And I was like, well, fuck you. Um, so yeah, yeah got to go back there once a year. So that's cool. But they've got a new pain psychologist, and she was really nice. So that's uh, one positive that came from that. And yeah, other than that, I've been putting together my proposal for my book about chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm pitching to people, which is fun um, and also very stressful. And because I've been having really bad sort of ADHD symptoms re- recently as well, like procrastination and time blindness, which I think has been partially because of the grief as well, I've just been procrastinating everything heaps. And I've been procrastinating doing this proposal for this book by coming up with an idea for another book. <laughs> oh, right. That seems sensible, yeah. <laughs> I know, okay. which is super good for everyone. But I've decided I'm at some point also going to write like a disabled rage book, you know, like a violent, vengeful revenge story, like Kill Bill but disabled kind of situation. Kill Bill at the pain clinic? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. kill Kill Bill at the pain clinic. Yeah, that's good. Um, It sounds like kind of panic at the disco, but that's... um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. Okay. do not judge me at all, young lady. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I loved Panic at the Disco and I shan't be shamed for it. Oh, God, here we go. Look, Jesus. I was an emo and there's nothing you can do about that, so just get So, yeah, we've just got a lot of bits and bobs to talk about this episode. Mm, first mm. up, um, so the most recent uh, All-Stars season of Drag Race, the show that won't quit, no. has come uh, to a close. Yes. I actually quite enjoyed this season. I loved um, it. I really loved uh, it. I'm sick of RuPaul's nonsense. Yeah. Well, um, I've been saying that for years, but yeah, yet I'm well, still watching we it. <laughs> yeah. What can I do? So, it's bright. It's interesting to look at. My brain's fried. Yeah. It's camp, it's, you know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. queer, it's here, it's queer, and it's, you know, all of that. But, yeah, no, I've, I've really loved this, this season as well, and I think it's just because it's got a lot of my faves on it, um, including the one and only Spoonie icon, Evie Oddly. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to put this in the bits and bobs because it's just been really lovely watching this season and watching her be so sort of like more confident and open talking about her chronic illness, if you know Mm. what I mean. Like in Mm. her season, she spoke about it, but she was a little bit more reserved about it. And I think, I think at some point she was like kind of trying to hide it a little bit from her competitors. Whereas she's really open and honest about it this point, um, uh, this season. There was one episode where uh, she actually like got quite emotional and got quite teary Mm. talking about, Mm. um, how because she has Ella's Dan loss and her sort of shtick as a drag queen is doing a lot of like contortionist kind of stuff and like gymnastics mm-hmm. and flipping everywhere like but because that's always been her shtick she's getting she got quite emotional about talking about how she's losing some of her sort of muscle 
muscle mass and like her abilities in that in that sort of space. Dexterity is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Like mm. some of the, mm. the abilities that she did have, she's starting to lose. And it really, mm. it made me so emotional. Like I was having a really nice camp time and then that yeah. scene happened and I was just bawling on the couch. Yeah, like her talking about her inability she's like I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to walk in heels for you know and just sort of reflecting that whilst not everyone else will be able to see it she could see the degeneration in what her body is capable of watching stuff back a lot of the time I think yeah for sure um and I can't wear the shoes I used to be able to wear and I mean, when I look at photos of myself, my body's changed in a way that I don't like because of illness. Mm. Um, I don't recognize myself from even five years ago. It looks totally different. Yeah, and I can see the the pain in my face is Mm. is starting to – I can see it in a lot of photos and stuff. It's starting to show on my face and it's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, I I don't mean to make a joke, but like – we should just go get like Botox together for like all of the like frown lines that we have from being in pain all the time. <laughs> what do you, do you think? Wanna... What do you think we've been doing the last five years? Bitch? <laughs> well, well, clearly, you need to do it more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I yeah. know. God, yeah. damn Botox! Not made of so money. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it. It is really sort of heartbreaking, and it's. I think it's so relatable, and it's so cool. What like seeing. You know, as heartbreaking as it is, it's so great seeing someone talk about this kind of stuff on a show like RuPaul's Drag Race because we can both relate to it despite the fact that we are not men in wigs and heels. <laughs> you know, like we don't mm. even have the same the same condition that she has. But like that relatability of being like, I'm I'm not an old like I'm not an old person, and yet I can see all, all of these things changing about my body, and I'm struggling to deal with how that affects my day-to-day life you know like it's yeah totally yeah it's totally. really if you haven't watched RuPaul's Drag Race it's uh, a bit of a beast to uh to begin with but um Evie Oddly's season which I think is season 11 is a decent one to watch so I recommend watching that first but yeah she's she's great and there's also that live show as well where they follow the queens on tour and I think she's a part of season two um mm. and she talks about her chronic illness quite a bit on that as well so yeah she's Look up Evie Oddly. She's a uh, an absolute little weirdo. I say little, but she's absolutely like she's six four gigantic. or something. Yeah, she's gigantic. <laughs> but yeah, she's a little freakazoid. We absolutely love and stand. So yeah, it was highly recommend watching. Yes. What's up next? I think the next one's yours. I didn't put that in there. Ha- yeah. Have you been adding to our our document when you've been like absolutely? Z- when you were in the hospital and zonked on ketamine, were you adding oh to my dog? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I just had to delete all of these, like, talking points from our, like, doc that we share to, you know, just note down things that we want to talk about that we see during the week and, you know, all that kind of thing. And I said to her before, I'm like, oh, do you still want to talk about this? And she's like, I didn't have that. <laughs> you absolutely did. I didn't. Like... <laughs> So now, sorry, we've just found another one. So, yeah, so we're deleting that, are we? Okay, great, moving on. (laughs) I'll go on to the subtitles, actually. I'll just go next. Yeah, go. So when I was in hospital and able to watch television, um, I was watching Stranger Things, which is a show that I don't really like that much, but, like, whatever, it's easy to watch. And I I enjoy – 
Ugh, did you have to start from the beginning? Me. No, I've been watching it this whole time. Oh, okay. You should I just watch the I've new been watching season. it this whole time. I hate it, but I've been watching all of it. <laughs> you know, I like the 80s fashion in it and stuff. You yeah, know I mean? same. I, I love Kate Bush, all that, whatever. Yeah. But then I saw this article that spoke about the captions for the latest series and how descriptive they are. Yeah. Some Did you notice being... it when you were watching? No, I didn't have subtitles on. I had. Uh, um, I watch everything with in. subtitles. Oh, yeah, of course. Cause I you're usually in do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, um, I noticed it when it was like the something was feeding, the demogorgon was feeding wetly. It was like, yeah. like it had all the descriptors of like background sounds as opposed to just tentacles text. undulating moistly <laughs> undulating yeah. <laughs> yeah eldritch thrumming which is like quite um esoteric and strange yeah. but that's cool ominous pulsing mm. <laughs> people really love reading them which is wonderful but i think what is is really great is just them using these really full-on and kind of really descriptive terms mm. whilst they might be over the top and um a little bit hilarious they're really helping people that can't hear absolutely have, um yeah difficulties hearing understand the emotions that are being evoked or the the horror that's happening on the screen i so, think that's that's the thing that really got me it's just like so much of you know horror movies and that kind of stuff it's all in the background noise and i have had this thought before where i'm like yeah. How do people that are hard of hearing or deaf, they, they're missing like 70% of all of the horror type stuff because it's all of the sort of like creepy like background shit that's happening and music that makes it a horror movie. Yeah. They miss all of it. Yeah. This article says, although there's an element of being silly and humorous whilst crafting something like gate writhing wetly, the reason why... <laughs> The, the subtitles for season four are so descriptive is far more practical and necessary. Mm. Subtitles quality checker Carly Webster explained that the reason why the subtitles go into such great details describing um, an unpleasant sound or sensation or the nuances of the background score is that they're an instrumental tool for deaf and hard of hearing audiences. Yeah. She said, I've seen a lot of why the subtitles so overly descriptive. We don't need that. And I know you don't, but you're not the main audience for subtitles from the start. Yeah, like maybe it's it's one of those like um, examples of when access stuff is put into place, how it benefits everyone kind of thing. Yeah. It's like so many people watch stuff with subtitles that, you know, aren't deaf and hard of hearing. And the fact that there's articles now that are like, you know, it was such a big deal, like so many people noticed and it was people loved it. You know, it's one of those mm. things that you're like, oh, cool. So when we put access shit into place it actually benefits everyone in different ways. But Mm. maybe that wasn't for you initially, but look at it. It's it's good for everyone, you know? Yeah, and it conveys a subtle shift in emotion that subtitles usually don't pick up. So you could say, you know... um, ferocious guitar riff or yeah do you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah i will admit that um undulating wetly and things like that did did make me laugh a bit because like it's spot on everyone wins yeah wins it's spot on but also it's sexy (laughs) and i like it (laughs) yeah so, uh, yeah, that was a really good one. Do you still hate Stranger Things? Did you hate season four? Yeah. You watched all yeah. of it, but you hated it. I was on drugs. Yeah. Well, you weren't watching it. You weren't in the first three seasons, were you? 
Well, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Um, are you going to watch part two when it comes out? What? There's more? Oh, fucking hell. What? You think they just, they just got back to Hawkins and it was all like completely on fire and they were fucked and they just, you thought that was the end of it? Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't watched it. <laughs> I'm just you, like, oh, look, looks like a lightning storm or something. Chill. Wow. That's... <laughs> the ketamine really did a number on your, like, you know, critical thinking skills there. They literally were like... Oh, we've got to get back to Hawkins to save Hawkins because otherwise, you know, the door, all the doors are, have opened and you just thought Dude, that was the like, end. <laughs> it's like Buffy, man. Like, oh, why don't God, you I just, if there's a hell gate in your town, just move. Just move, yeah. They, just they really, move. Um, if you just, yeah, there was so many seasons of them being like, uh-oh, the hell mouth is doing shit again. I, I, I think I would have gotten to maybe point end of the world two or three and just been like you know what this has happened a few too many times now I'm 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 gonna move mm, that I keep getting said, attacked I by vampires fucking. putting out the trash like maybe I should go to a different city <laughs> where are we next point oh yes so one of the things that happened while we were in between our last episode and today, um, is the whole ableist slur thing with Lizzo. Did, mm. I'm assuming you saw that. I saw a bit of it, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those situations where, like, when I heard this song, which is called Gr- Girls, like many R's, no I, when I heard it for the first time, so it says an ableist slur in it, which, should I say it? I don't know if I should say it on the podcast. No. Maybe not. Yeah, give, it would give people a warning. Okay. Um, Abler slur incoming. Abler slur incoming. Lizzo said the word spaz in this song. And it was, it's one of those things that like when I heard it for the first time, I was like, no, I couldn't have heard that right. And I actually went back to see if I misheard it. <laughs> but no, yeah. she, she said the word spaz. I feel like that's one of those words that has been so not okay in Mm. the UK and Australia for such a long time that like if someone said that in real life to me now I would be like what did you say like did you really say that in this here year of 2022 like I'd be in shock you know Mm. but it was enough when the black eyed peas had that let's get in here r word (laughs) yeah and they had to change it to let's get it started to get it played on radio and if that doesn't tell you that Maybe that's not cool to say if you can't say it on the radio. That should be enough, you know. It had a like a big backlash from disability um, uh, advocates and activists and creators and all of that kind of thing. And, yeah, so it turns out that it's not – they don't consider it a slur in the US, which is com- – I had no idea. I just thought it was a slur everywhere. Um, mm. But, no, apparently in the US and, like, Canada and stuff, they've never considered it a slur, which, you know, I'm just going off what – all of all of my comments on TikTok said <laughs> there was a lot oh my of gosh. lot of sepos in my comments being like it's not even that bad and I'm like that's cool um, sepo is a slur yes yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they didn't like that they don't they don't like that <laughs> it comes from like rhyming slang Sep- British doesn't septic it tank. septic yank. tank yeah 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 that's um yeah if you think that's a slur then fuck off um, yeah. I'll show you slur. I'll show you a goddamn slur. <laughs> Come here. So, yeah, basically I posted this TikTok about it and it actually, like, 
is probably my, I think my most successful TikTok so far. It got quite a bit of feedback. And yeah, like I said, a lot of Americans um, putting in their two cents. Quite a few people said that it's the way that she phrased it is actually AAVE. Um, which, if you don't know, is um, African-American vernacular English. But this is the point that I made in my TikTok, which even if it is AAVE and it's sort of within that space, it, it still has the same roots, so it still has ableist roots. Anyway, the point of my TikTok was is like just explaining why that word is a slur because um, obviously it comes from um, spastic and spasticity. Yeah, so a lot of people... Um, would use it against people with cerebral palsy and mobility issues and that kind of thing. People that had tremors and spasms and that kind of thing. Mm, um, yeah. And in my, in my, <laughs> the only, th- the only good thing that happened from this TikTok, um, cause I dealt with a lot of, um, fuckhead comments was one Lizzo saw it. I checked in my <laughs> seven days after, cause you can see as a creator, people that have viewed it and that kind of stuff. Lizzo did watch my, my TikTok. So that's, that's, um, that's Damn. bonkers. She was tagged in it a fair few times. So I'm assuming that's why. Mm. But also the coolest thing was, is that in my, in this TikTok, I spoke about how uh, Ian Jury uh, released yeah. Spasticus Autisticus uh, like 40 mm-hmm. years ago. And 40 years ago, it got banned on the radio in the UK because, and like Ian Jury is a disabled person and it was mm. released as like a disabled anthem because he was pissed off about Year of the Disabled being that year. And so he just released this as this anthem. Anyway, um, I talked about Ian Jury and then I got all of these like kids on TikTok asking me questions about Ian Jury and spastic oh, TikTok. And I was like, I am am an elder. I am an elder tree teaching all the young treelings about it. Like, it was really, I felt really old. That's so, that's so, it was a strange thing for them to get into. Like, this is like a a new wave kind of singer, Ian Jury and the Blockheads. Yeah, Ian Jury and the Blockheads. And they like, he um, had polio. He did. Yeah, got, um, was left with um, an injured hand and leg from that. Yes, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So he had a lot of mobility issues and that kind of thing. And so, because that you that word was used against him, like spastic, he um, yeah released that song as Flipped sort of it. like a yeah to reclaim it. Yeah. My point of this TikTok was if a disabled musician, if his song saying that word gets banned forty years ago, yeah. then maybe an able bodied yeah. person shouldn't be saying it in 2022 um Mm. and i like yeah answering questions about that it being played at the paralympics in 2012 and like why this song was such a disability anthem it was really cool i was teaching the children (laughs) we'll pop we'll pop it in here um as a little musical break yeah you may not comprehend my tale or understand as i go past your There's the uh, U.S. abortion situation. That's uh, oh boy, oh. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so content warning. Um, we won't be going in depth about this. But lucky we uh, got rid of our um, God ass kissing absolute sociopath Hillsong prime minister motherfucker. Yeah. Before this happened, otherwise he'd use it as an excuse to try and do it here. Oh, Not totally. 
not that they won't try, but yeah. you know, I think we there's less chance now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not no chance, but less chance. So that's good. yeah. We do tend yeah. to copy everything that America does. Just you know, we take some time to do it. Oh, I'm sure um, the religious fundamentalists will be back in power in no time. Oh, absolutely. Mm. They've, they've always you know, and like the abortion stuff. Like I, I realize that we see most of it in the US because of they've got the clinics like plan, Planned Parenthood and all of that kind of thing. But those people mm. have been around in Australia for. God knows how long. I had oh, a yeah. I had an abortion when I think I was twenty, maybe twenty, and mm. there there were people outside the the place that I went to then yelling at me and that kind of stuff. It was fucking awful. Like these people need. I to wish it was. I wish you could like there was a legal loophole of just like clocking a motherfucker outside one of these uh, things. I was tempted. Like I. Was... I wish it was my job to beat those people mm. within an inch of their life. Yeah, like I I actually um did some volunteer work after that because I didn't realise how Mm. bad it was and I actually tried for a little bit to do the whole thing of like escorting people to their cars after but I'm I'm just I was not a big enough person to be able to protect people (laughs) with her apparently people in America use umbrellas they use umbrellas to fend them off because they're so aggressive which is unbelievable Mm. to me but anyway so the reason we're bringing this up in a chronic illness space is because Obviously, the uh, situation in the US is that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And so it was. It started in the red states, I believe, but now it's pretty much like spread to a lot of the other blue states as well. That It's basically impossible to access an abortion if you're past a certain amount of weeks or in some states at all, which is absolutely fucked. But... The reason this is becoming more like it's becoming more and more fucked as time goes along. Where like every single yeah. day there's a news, another news story being like, and also we've done this, and you're like, well, America, you just need to just lay down for a bit, like have a sleep mm. because you're fucked. Have a um, bex and a lay down. Yeah, exactly. Just oh god, have a cuppa and just chill. Um, mm. So I saw a story uh, maybe a week or two ago. Um, so basically what's happened now is all of the – I saw all these um, people posting on Twitter that they can now no longer access their drugs for chronic illness and disability because their medications are like – and I'm going to say this word wrong and I'm so sorry – abortifacients, mm. which means that they either as a side effect or as like a sort of, you know, just – that's one of the things that happens with this medication kind of thing, can potentially cause miscarriage. They have prescriptions for these drugs and chemists are literally mm. like, we can't give this to you, otherwise we're going to lose our licence. Just unbelievable. And this, I know, includes <gasps> low-dose naltrexone, yeah. which is a, treat, a treatment for fibromyalgia as well. It is. And so there was one person that had lupus, I believe, um, mm. and so I think it was like meth, methotrexoate or something like that. Mm. That was a drug that, mm-hmm. but yeah, because it could, has the potential to induce abortion, like chemists literally are too scared to sell them. And people are like, Hey, um, I need this medication for life-saving reasons. Um, can you give me my meds? Here's my prescription. And the chemists are like, Oh my God, please don't say that word out loud. And wow, mm. I'm just I'm in absolute awe at this country. It's well, just look, one they thing can after probably another. get. They can probably get. Um, so if if they did prescribe that and a miscarriage did happen, mm. 
it leaves them open to, I imagine, criminal charges for the drug supply, exactly. correct? Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're just not Oy. willing to risk their licence for selling it. They're not w- willing to risk the potential court case that could come up if a miscarriage does happen. They're breaking the law now, technically, which is mm. so fucked. They basic, I feel like America does this all the time. They put laws into practice or repeal laws but don't have any of the sort of like shit in writing that is like unless in ca- you know in case of this situation here's all of the sort of like backups and you know it, there's not any of the terms and conditions they put it's, shit through it's, without but it's not about terms. it's not about this like it's it's not about that it's about a larger po- uh, project by con- conservatives and republicans oh god yeah 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 the democrats don't do fucking anything except ask people for more money and yeah. ask them to vote which is oh just god. fucking useless cuz they they're squatting in the capital those people yeah but like it's just a, a larger it's Republican because they don't gross. have power, right? They they don't have enough in the Senate to get anything through or something like that. Bullshit! No, I don't know. I don't God know. God. I know nothing about U.S. politics. To explain it to me like no. I'm five, Joe. <laughs> uh, it's it's a long story, but I, yeah. I think basically what they're trying to push towards is is, is smaller state based governments, right? Um, and then I, I don't know. This is one of my crackpot crack pot theories where mm. it's you know you're going to be looking at the red states secession. Um, I, I was about to say succession they're not successful at anything oh I think God, there'll I be some sort show. of weird s- secession yeah. with these like are they going to have Texas another civil war or something maybe mm, that'd be interesting I don't know I wouldn't be surprised but the right. way things shake out in terms of California v you know versus somewhere mm. like texas yeah. i don't know you wonder you wonder what the larger project is really yeah well considering all the red states have open carry laws and guns that are far, far more powerful than muskets like the last civil war yeah. this is not going to be pretty um get out of there guys yeah get out get of there out. um but the thing that i noticed that um so the people that were posting about the chronic illness medications and people that are posting about like loopholes for whatever the RU486 or like the abortion drugs, uh, whatever they're called, yeah, yeah. Um, is that they're like people are literally bringing them from Mexico. They're smuggling them like it's cocaine and fully just bringing shit in from Mexico or just like going over, getting the abortion just with tablets and just spending the day there and then coming home. That's what yeah, the mean. only option or going to Canada. That's the only option now. It's fucked. Yeah. But yeah, make a little holiday out of it, I guess. Yeah, there is. Maybe a, you could a lot mix of... the mix the abortion drug with cocaine. Mm. I think that would be. That'd be. Yeah, yeah no, sounds good. actually no, yeah, no, 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 not so no. great. You just want to sleep, honestly. Like you want something that brings you down, not brings you up. All right, I, I propose abortion drug mixed with heroin. Yeah, smuggled in sounds... from Mexico. Lovely gal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, if Americans want to come over to Australia, seems like a bit of a hike and quite expensive compared to Mexico or uh, Canada. But uh, yeah, we've 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 got slightly better laws here. No, definitely not perfect, but better than yours. So you're welcome. You're welcome to come here. Just and do don't it try and be a, a brown person coming here on a boat. Oh God, no! Don't do that. That's um. Well, you know. We're please, horrible. please come here, but yeah, just uh, look after yourself because it's weird and we're not great at dealing with that situation. Um, no. Yeah, but anyway, let's uh, mo- let's move on from the abortion topic because um, I'm bloody bloody done with it. <laughs> yeah, sick of it. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Let's talk. Let's talk about beauty. Let's talk about makeup. Ow. 
Actually, no, you, you're the one that brought this up. You're, you sent this to me, so... Okay, again, I do not remember doing this. You're like, oh, fucking hell. My God. This episode is going to be a mess. I'm like, hey, do you remember this? No, I do not. I'm sorry. I was filled with horse tranquilizer. So w- one of the cool things we did notice um, in the time off was uh, Selma Blair brought out a bunch of eye, well, just makeup tools with a company called Guide Beauty, I think it's called, Guide Cosmetics. Yeah, I think we've talked about them on here before. Yeah, and um, so she's released all of these like brushes and tools that are actually good for people with dexterity issues, people with mobility issues, people that have shaky hands like myself. And the really cool one that I loved was like this eyeliner tool that like allows you to just dip this tool into the pot of gel eyeliner and then just like Mm. place it basically and it does it does it all perfectly for you um yeah it kind of looks like a, a a sort of like a loop rubber tip kind of thing that you yeah. press against your eye yeah yeah it's kind of like a stamp almost i guess um sort of but, yeah yeah but it's um it looks really cool and i actually posted on instagram just before that i'm getting better with my shaky hands i with practice i'm getting better at doing my eyeliner because i tried the sirenize trend from tiktok um, which oh, I think I, I love. Yeah, I think I sent you a photo of. And I, I'm i getting better at it, but I think the thing that I need is, like, something that I can rest my hand against because I basically rest my whole side of my hand to be able to do this eyeliner. But then it fucks up my – like it's kind of like this. I don't know. Like, it's like that. So it, it fucks mm. up the foundation on my chin. Um, but it fucks up all the foundation that I'm wearing. Well, I do my foundation second, dude. Yeah, I I try and do that, but then I get the foundation all over the eyeliner and it ruins it anyway. So I'm just mm. I'm not I'm not talented enough to do that. So I don't know, it just doesn't work for me. So basically I need something that is like a sponge type thing to rest my hand against rather well to rest against my face rather than my hand. Um yeah, so that's my suggestion to Selma Blair. But yeah, go check out this guide beauty guide cosmetics shit because it's um her collection's really i'm i'm pretty impressed with it it doesn't ship to australia yet though that's the one shit thing but apparently they are planning on it so you know what i would love Mm. accessibility wise in terms of all this kind of stuff would be really nice lingerie that i don't have to kill myself putting on yeah I agree with that that would be absolutely Mm. lovely i feel like i hold up most lingerie and then go i have no idea where all these straps go. I have no, no idea how to put any of this on. And so then no. it just sits in my drawer and I never do anything with it. That's yeah. what happens. Or I nearly like dislocate my shoulder trying to let do my bra up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've uh, fully subluxed my body. <laughs> Honey, is that sexy? Mm. <laughs> Woo! Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Crack a lacquer. Crack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's um that would be great, but uh I think we're quite a while off that i've I've never Mm. never seen an accessible lingerie company but if anyone knows of one hit Mm. hit us up the other thing is like i do like wearing spanks sometimes to support my back Mm. yeah that kind of thing i wouldn't mind some uh i need to purchase some better like hot like what's the word for it like it it's not kind of hold stuff up it just kind of tightens everything it i find it quite good for yeah back pain and just i get hip pain in my hips yeah it's all good can someone get onto this yeah it's good for like pressure i think the pressure helps it i wanted to uh have a little discussion um about a story that the guardian posted the other day um by keith khan harris 
Um, I saw this. Yeah, it's it's called I Gave Up Hope of a Cure for My Chronic Condition and it's made me happier than ever before. So Mm. I wanted to bring this up because I, when I saw the title of it alone before even reading it, I was like, holy fuck, I have never sort of consciously thought about this and yet I've done the exact same thing. Like I've never really been a super sort of like, optimistic person generally oh really (laughs) shut up bitch um but like with chronic illness i i think i've kind of gone from like assuming like life isn't always going to be like this like i think when you first become chronically ill or disabled like you you kind of assume that at some point maybe it could go back to the way it was but i've kind of gone from that to now like hey, a cure for this would be cool at all. Um, And I'm not going to pretend like life is perfect being chronically ill, but it's my life and I'm pretty happy with it. And, you know, if a change does happen, sick. But if not, that's fine. Um, Do you you ever wish that – do you ever sit there and go, I wish that never happened to me? Becoming chronically ill? Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's natural to have that thought, like – damn this sucks and I wish this this hadn't happened to me or like why me really kind of situation like no yeah, you've never really... never had that well, I don't I'm anymore like, this sucks but like I'm I don't know like I think my life's pretty good I've made yeah the best of my situation mm. and I think I, I'd that's... love to like not be in pain all the time but yeah. it's not like I can fucking do anything about it and I guess that's what this sort of relates to like uh, reading this, this, this fella um, came down with Epstein-Barr virus, much like me. Yes, I um, mean. When he was in his twenties, got better seemingly so, and then went back to uni and sort of charged it mm. and then just could, couldn't, just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And was, was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, it's really weird in your early to mid twenties when you get this kind of stuff and you're sort of carrying on like you would have anyway and, you know, getting your degree, working, um, yeah. trying to date or whatever, but you're just at the point of physical collapse. All yeah. The time. You're just like absolutely yeah. knackering yourself because you're still learning how to pace yourself through everything. And then you're yeah. getting frustrated and being like, why me? Like, you know, or, you know, why did this happen to me kind of thing? Because, mm. because of that, because you don't know, your, like, your limits have totally changed. And so every time you do go through a massive flare or a massive, like, as you say, physical collapse, basically. Yeah, that, I think that's when I would think like that. I would be like, why is why is my body doing this to me? Like, why me? Um, yeah. But now it's kind of like I've stopped assuming that a cure is going to come at some, at some point. I've stopped sort of thinking yep. like, why me? And yeah, and – as same as you now it's kind of just like this is my body this is my life I'm dealing with this the way that I want to deal with this if that changes sick if it doesn't that's sick too I'm no longer assuming an answer of any kind is around the corner and I'm just like you know taking the corners as they come but um a bit slower with my cane now but yeah there's nothing wrong with that you know and I think that has thinking this way has definitely made me happier and more um not self-aware but like self like confidence, like I just I have confidence in myself and my situation. Whereas I didn't, you don't have that when you first become ill. Generally, no, I don't think that's super common. 
No. And I guess like I became really quite ill after that period in my 20s when I just like destroyed myself and Mm. sort of partied and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it might be a bit different for people that have that diagnosis a bit early on. Um, Yeah, I see. I got got sick early on, but I didn't have a diagnosis until my late, late 20s. So yeah, but I started like getting sick when I was like, something. yeah, I started getting sick when I was, oh God, like, I, I think it's around somewhere between 19 and 21. My memory is hazy at the best. Yeah, <laughs> of that see, of time I, reckon, in my life. I reckon I was 27. Mm. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Like I see, I wish I had my, my twenties. I was just so yeah. sick for so much of my twenties, but I just, but then again, I just partied through it. So, you know, but then made myself sicker. So, you know what? Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> mm. I, I really liked seeing that article and I think it's an important view to have out there, an important discussion to have. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of people, I saw a lot of comments on it just being like, no, like it's you can't give up hope. Like, you know, you can't keep going if you don't have hope that something like that's coming. Whereas I feel the complete opposite to that. Like I no. feel more hope for my situation by accepting being disabled or chronically ill is there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's, it's cool. Like our lives are sick too. Like, you know, literally. And you know, I meant sick as in awesome, but you know, um, you have this box that you have to operate in, but mm. within those limitations, there are great things that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I just think it's like very Byron Bay, white woman, Karen bullshit to be like, you can't give up hope. It oh, just shut up. Hope looks different for everyone, Karen. Just fucking sit mm. down and stop pushing your idea of hope and happiness in our bodies on onto you know onto us because we get to define that, not you. So mm. yeah, I I, I love seeing it too. That story. This um, ties into the other story I wanted to talk to um, about this week, which is something I think about a lot, and it's body neutrality. Purposely didn't look in, didn't click the link on this because I want you to define this to me I want you to explain what body neutrality is well I think um when you have a body that doesn't work very well Mm -hmm. um body positivity is really can be really fucking annoying and pointless Mm. I find it like offensive and poisonous a lot of the time yeah my my body okay a is probably one of the least interesting things about me so I yeah do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I, I don't really care. Yeah. There's so many amazing, um, like, amazing things about both you and me. And our, honestly, our bodies are like, you know, they're, you know, in the top 10, but f- further down. I feel like there's a Even lot though down. we have a podcast about it or whatever. <laughs> our podcast comes before the bodies are, <laughs> the bodies themselves. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's a shell that carries me around. Yeah, you know what I absolutely. mean? And you could get a bit more metaphysical about it than that, but I won't go into that. Mm. But basically it's the idea that we can sort of accept our bodies as vessels that carry us through life and not attach positive or negative feelings to our physicality. It's Is it more like attaching positive or negative feelings to other things about yourself rather than your body or just not? Well, it just it takes general. away the pressure of the physical self and focus more on the mental self and the spiritual self. It's that, but it's also like... When you are living in a disabled body, mm. right? Yes. Um, saying, just love yourself. Your body is beautiful the way it is. Yeah. Blah, blah, sometimes blah. I'm, yeah. Sometimes I'm allowed to fucking hate my body. Like, sometimes I'm allowed to get frustrated with it. That's cool. You know, like. Yeah. Or you're allowed to, like, be in an uneasy truce with it. That's yeah. fine. You don't. It's okay to not I have feel feelings like... about it at all. 
you know? Yeah, like it's exactly. all of those things. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, um, there's a Refinery29 article about this that was written by Kelsey Miller. Um, it's quite a bit old, but this is something I think about a lot. Okay, the body, the, Sorry. the body positivity community seems to only give voice to a specific type of person. Uh, journalist and activist Kia Brown, who often writes about the experience of self-acceptance as a disabled woman, Um, It's an obvious fact, but a woefully unrecognized one. See the term body positivity, and most of us think in terms of size, specifically Mm. women in size, and even more specifically women of larger size. Of course, this is a deeply marginalized population, but it is by no means the only one. Mm. And yet this often seems to be the only group to whom the mainstream body positive movement speaks. Consider messaging like your body always loves you and it doesn't fail you. For some disabled people, that is just not the case. Mm. Your body does fail you and your body does break down. Like there is an extent in, in to this of, of with body positivity showing different types of bodies looking beautiful so people can see themselves in that. Yeah. But also like it's okay even when that is happening to not – feel good about your body either because your body doesn't feel good a lot of the time when you are disabled or say if you have body dysmorphic disorder eating disorders or mental illness which might impair your ability to even assess your body let alone like it Mm. um and saying just love yourself leaves all of these people out in the cold totally um and then also like if if you you know want to consider um gender queer people or people um, with dysphoria. Yes, that you is know, that is me person... also at the moment. That uh, yeah, I'm very much struggling with um, like gender stuff at the moment, and that's that's been a big thing with my body as well. Is that because I'm so confused about all of these different elements of my body? I'm just like I have no idea where to go from here, and I'm just I don't know how to feel about my body anymore. And just telling me to love yeah. myself is like you know it's water off helpful. a duck's back. It's not helpful at all. Like so, to that a YouTuber called Rowan Ellis shared. This after discovering the concept of body neutrality. I do struggle with being on this pendulum between loving my body and absolutely being disgusted with myself. I currently identify as gender fluid. So sometimes I absolutely love my body because it's curvy and feminine and sometimes I really hate it. It made it easier for me to just be okay on any given day rather than struggling with being great and not beating myself up when I'm not in love with my body and not trying to put loads of energy into either loving or hating it, just accepting it and being neutral with it whilst keeping it healthy and safe as much as I can. I suppose this, the body neutrality thing kind of, rather than swinging on that pendulum to either end of the spectrum from love and hate, it kind of allows you to sit in the middle and be comfortable with that. You're just neutral. You're not yeah, you don't have to constantly do that back and forth where you're like, today I love myself, today I hate myself. It just kind of is like, you know what? Some days I don't feel great. That's okay. You know, some days I yeah, feel awesome. Or you can, That's great. You can look in the mirror and go like, wow, my tummy looks big today. Mm. Guess I can put some food in it. That's fine. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there <laughs> doesn't have to be like, a, yeah. <laughs> yes, queen, I love my stretch marks. <laughs> like, Slay. Okay, They're my tiger. Like, they're my like tiger stripes. Yeah. And great if um, you feel that way, but like that's it's awesome. so much yeah. pressure. It's so much pressure. Especially I think it's, when you have a yeah. disabled body. I think it's the thing that I struggle with is that a lot of the people that, that feel that way, that's great that they feel that way when they post about it 
with their own bodies and their pages on social media. But it's when I see it constantly, like, in the comments on other people's posts. And it's just like, yeah. you don't get to yas slay queen unless they're being super stoked themselves. Like, it's okay to not push that those ideals onto people. Just let people feel about their bodies the way they want to feel, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's that Body simple, neutrality. Guys. I'm just a head floating around on a husk, man. That's that's how I feel. Yeah, well, I, well that was definitely true during the ketamine trial. <laughs> just, just, oh just, shit! Uh, Maybe that's where it's come from. <laughs> just a, just a being floating around in space, drawing pictures of Eileen Wernos. <laughs> Speaking of um, beings floating around in fucking. I don't know, maybe shit, this person. Yeah, we um, we realised that we <laughs> we haven't done this in a while, so we, we thought we uh, we needed to, is uh, we haven't done an update on our, our, our good friend and uh, podcast nemesis, Peter. Yep. Pete Evans. I've got, a new, I've got a new theme for it, which I'll put here. Peter. Did you make this when you were in hospital? No, I just made it up in my brain. Just oh, then. okay. Because you yeah. told me that you were just doing a bunch of audio stuff when you were in hospital. And I was like, yeah. I, I'm terrified that the next episode of the podcast is going to be the most bonkers music that she's just created while high off well, her tits on Kit. <laughs> I was going to put a bit in here, but maybe I won't. You absolutely should um, do that. I desperately <laughs> want you to. <laughs> um, yeah, so Peter, a um, couple, of, couple of updates about him. Um, the the, uh, the wellness shyster of Australia, the uh, yeah. dehydrated fucking husk. raisin-faced yeah. husk of a motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> um, we were. I, we should probably explain who Peter is just in case because I feel like we've we've gained a lot of listeners since we started this podcast and it's been a while since we've done an update on Peter. So we should explain that uh, our good friend Peter is... <laughs> Not our good friend, <laughs> nor <laughs> nor is he. Nor does he go by Peter. Um, his name's Pete Evans. He is a former uh, celebrity chef in Australia mm-hmm. that is very well known. Um, and basically, he just went on this like swift trajectory down at one point that he just turned into this like bonk- QAnon, MAGA, anti-vax, yeah, like like wellness into the sun bullshit. Yeah, like. Not even Gwyneth Paltrow goop wellness bullshit. Like, further down than that, like, he is oh, in yeah. the mud. Um, and he probably loves it and thinks that that, you know, cures cancer or something. Um, but, yeah, he's he, he's he's done a lot over over his uh, time as a – would you call him a shyster? Yeah. So he tried to sell some device that would cure COVID and then got done by our, like <laughs> – like food and goods association Drug thing. Administration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Got a light that cured COVID or some shit. Yeah, it was just a, like a humming light. 
<laughs> sunscreen poisons you or something that looking yeah. into the sun. Fluoride hates fluoride. Fluoride. Yeah, he he's, he's yeah. ticks all the boxes. Like he doesn't he hasn't just chosen one avenue. He's just gone full war on all of it. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Just before. <laughs> um, sorry. <when> I was... <laughs> what was that? What was that? When noise? I was researching this post. Um, there are some groups that monitor Peter and someone ha- someone lives near him and saw him in the oh waiting God. room at a Botox clinic. <laughs> I'm sorry. How does he still look? Okay, so Joe has put a a, a recent photo of Peter in the in the thing. How does he still he look this bad? He has looked worse than this. He, he has had, looked worse than this. He has. But how does he still look yeah. that bad but is getting Botox? Like that's does he have- does he have cum in his hair, like something about Mary? What is he going does. on? He does. Oh, my God. It is uh, like something about Mary. He's got the full, like, floop at the front. Oh, my God. Yuck. <laughs> Why yeah, does he it look like, like that? <laughs> a little cummy Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, God, you ruined so my anyway, life. So, <laughs> anyway, this little picture is of our mate. So, just picture... You know those raisins on those ads that sing and play instruments? It's like sun raisin. I don't know, some sort of raisin. You mean the ads from like the 90s? Yeah. (laughs) Have you not watched TV since then? Nope. (laughs) I don't think those are on anymore, (laughs) Joe. Well, anyway, picture a raisin with an oxygen tube up its nose if raisins had facial features. And and something something about Mary come here. Yeah. And he's and he's sunburnt, so he's not he's not the color of a raisin anymore. He's just a dehydrated grape. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the post Gross. says, "You may you may wish to look up the benefits of ozone therapy for what is unfolding around us at an alarming rate." Doesn't as specify well as, what that is, by yeah. the way. What is unfolding well, around us? What does that mean, Peter? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? No one knows. He doesn't know. But anyway, he goes okay. on to say. <laughs> Definitely not medical advice, as some in these positions would rather that you did not look into these further winky face. The winky face always gets me. (laughs) Here is an interesting outcome, though, and I'm sure you can join the dots, and it's to a medical, I don't know, some sort of study. And then someone in this group looked it up and said that the study is about um, proves that, um, what is he talking about? Ozone therapy helps... Uh, some nerves involved in facial paralysis in rats. Oh, <laughs> specifically. So, okay, so <laughs> that seems good. But the ozone therapy he's spooking just from hmm. Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, alternative medio tr- uh, medical treatment that introduces ozone or ozonides into the body. Ozonides. I have no idea. Right. Um, has prohibited all medical uses of ozone in any medical condition for which there is no proof of safety and effectiveness, stating ozone is a toxic gas with no known useful medical application in specific adjunctive, adjunctive or preventative therapy. In order for ozone to be as fe- effective as a germicide, it must be present in a concentration far greater than which can be safely tolerated by man and animals. Um, Good. It has been sold as as an unproven treatment for various illnesses, including cancer, mm. um, a practice that has been characterized as pure crackery. It's right. a gas. Mm. Um, an ozonide is a, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but this sounds like shit. The therapy consists of the introduction of ozone into the body via various methods, usually involving its mixture with various gases and liquids before injection with potential 
routes, including the vagina, <gasps> rectum, <gasps> intramuscular, <gasps> under the skin, <gasps> intravenously. Okay, that, that list got progressively less horrifying. I hate that you started with vagina. <laughs> well, that's what it started with. I know, and then, but I hate it. Okay, it has serious adverse effects. And as of 2012, at least five deaths have been reported to the therapy's use. Oh. From 1975 to 1983 in Germany, research re- revealed six deaths, four cases of visual disturbance, three cases of paraplegias, four gas embolisms in the pulmonary circuit, two heart attacks, four pulmonary embolisms, two cases of apoplectic para- paralysis, and two cases of abnormal heart rhythm following ozone therapy. More commonly, oh my God, tendon rupture, osteoarthritis, um, joint infections, muscle tears, and in one case, hepatitis C transmission and a heart attack following. Yes. This is... I swear to God, every single time we do a Peter Watch update, I start, uh, my, nausea, my nausea comes back. Um, I develop acne just in the time that we've, you know, been recording, and I feel, I feel sick, and I, I just, I have a tension headache. <laughs> I hate oh him. What is God. wrong with him? Yeah, this is the fact that he's spooking this, and there's been so many people that have died from this. Like, they tried yeah. to use it as a disinfectant in world war one and it didn't fucking work then (laughs) i one of my most hated thing about like so much of these like bonkers wellness wellness people is that so many of their so much of their shit is like oh well we're going back to the things that worked oh like it's like oh no no there's a reason i didn't push i'm gonna put leeches on my balls because my dick doesn't work my God. And so many of them do shit like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, like our body, you know, Mother Nature has always provided this stuff. And we're just going back to the basics. When th- you know, I'm going like, to do I'm going to get back into trepanning and drill a hole in my uh, skull. Yeah. Like, honestly, all of these people want make me want to lobotomize myself. So it just mm. it makes sense. Anyway. It, I'll get you some of this gas. It sounds yeah, like it'll do the job. It will. Like, <laughs> statistically, it will kill me. So... Great. Thanks, Pete. I knew you'd kill me someday. <laughs> I just didn't think it would be this soon. Um, yeah. Spoonie wow. Hotline. No, we're out there. we've got to do the other Peter update. There's another one? Yeah. He. Um, so they've just announced. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> they've just announced that. So as I said, Peter, um, ex-celebrity chef that has gone downhill very quickly, right? And I said to Joe earlier that the only reason they ever had him on that is it was My Kitchen Rules, wasn't it? Or was it MasterChef? I can't yeah. remember. Um, yeah. They only reason they had him, right? He was it wasn't because he was an amazing chef. It was because he used to be really attractive. Well, you know, by general society standards, I wouldn't fuck him if you fucking paid me a million dollars. There's not enough money in the world. Um, I would. Would I'd you? I'd be curious to see what it was like. Oh, God. Okay. But I said I'd fuck Barnaby Joyce the other day. Well, so That's because you're, you need to be in a hospital somewhere. That's, <laughs> that's not. But it would be funny. It would be funny. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> you're, you're a menace. You are so fucked. Um, oi, oi, would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, 
This is going to be lost on non-Australian listeners, and I'm very sorry. Niche Australian would you rather's. That's all this podcast is now. We've moved on. Would you rather read Bob Catter or Pete Evans? Oh, no, you bitch. You fucking bitch. Um, I think Bob Catter would be a funnier story. Yeah. Maybe yep. he'd keep the cowboy hat on the entire time. <laughs> I'd make him keep the cowboy hat on the entire time. <laughs> Wrestle the crocodile and then make sweet love to you afterwards? Absolutely. He'd have to do that. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You, Obviously. You, how many Australians die per year? I'd make him recite that, how many, like, this many Australians get attacked by crocodiles per year speech as, as we're doing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, please yeah. continue. No, I don't want to. I want to end this now. <laughs> no, but we're talking about someone that is sexy. No, oh, you're a fucking. You need to go to jail. Um, no, who is replacing Pete? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, this, this has ruined me. I'm never doing a Peter watch again. This has ruined me. Um, yeah, so he's now his show's now. Oh fucking hell! You've absolutely fucked me. Um, he's. The show has now replaced him with someone who is actually sexy, as you said, Nigella. And I'm very, I'm very excited about that because she is amazing. And every, I cannot look at her now without thinking about the way that she pronounces microwave. So, how is it? How does she? How does she pronounce it? Microwave. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. God. Yeah, did that make you horny? That made you horny, right? I'm wet. (laughs) It's it's weird, but sexy. I don't know what it is. But she's just like, and when they're done, you just pop it in the the microwave. (laughs) I'm going to start saying that. It's so exotic. It is. (laughs) So exotic. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was – I can't look at her without thinking about that now. Um. But yeah, so there you go. Peter update. He's being he's finally lost the last uh paycheck from my kitchen rules or whatever. Because oh, um, yeah, Nigella's come to steal his steal his throne, which, you know, he did lose a long time ago. But, you know. Mm. Good on you, Nigella. Take some of the limelight and away from him. And now we will wind up with our slight back- backlog of uh Spoonie Hotlines. Hell yeah. Our first Spoonie Hotline is actually an email. Um, And if sending in emails rather than um, voice messages work for you, please do so. We will be very happy to read them out. This one is from someone called Erin. And it's titled Fat Phobia. Hi, Erin. Fat Phobia in Healthcare. Being chronically ill is absolutely exhausting. And it's even more exhausting when you have to debate your mere existence in this world as a person in a larger body with every new healthcare provider you meet. I've been much sicker the last two years and I've had to regularly see new providers and healthcare professionals. Every experience is blatantly fat phobic, it's the norm. It's weird to be surprised when someone treats you as a human instead of a body to be fixed. I've had someone taking my bloods welcome me into the pathology room by saying, oh, hello, are you here to lose weight? Wow. Wow. Yikes. Um, Jesus. Doctors and specialists regularly prescribe weight loss before they've heard what my problems are. Spoiler alert, I had the same problems when I was thin. Chronic illness doesn't discriminate. 
Telehealth is a blessing because when it's just a phone call and they can't see me, I get treated like a person rather than a size. Oh, wow. True. I didn't even think Mm. about that. It's got to the point where I enter every appointment as though I'm a lawyer who has to present my case as to why I should be treated and taken seriously in my current body. A few months ago, my nightmare experience happened. I went into the emergency department in excruciating pain and got discharged with the instructions to lose weight. This is how people die. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Fat phobic medical care stops people from seeking health care at all. There is nothing okay about having to advocate for being treated like a human in a Western country with a comparably good health care system. Yeah. Um, I no longer take this behavior passively and advocate for myself and more importantly for people in larger bodies than I with more marginalized identities than I when I have the mental and emotional capacity to do so. I just wanted to share this so that other chronically ill people in similar situations realize that this is systemic and don't blame themselves. Losing weight is not going to make us less chronically ill. The inevitable weight cycling, losing and then regaining the weight, harms people more than remaining at their current size, and the stress of chronic weight stigma is catastrophic to both mental and in turn physical health. Please look after yourselves, advocate for yourselves, seek other opinions when you are able to, and encourage your straight-sized friends to speak up when they see fatphobic behaviour or lack of accommodations for people in larger bodies in healthcare settings. Wonderfully yeah, said. Absolutely. So well put. I'm definitely um, not someone that was fully aware of the unbelievable fat phobia that exists in, in the medical system. Um, and yeah, the education that I've received from some of my chronically ill friends has just been absolutely incredible because, and like in, in, in our group as well, like people are so yeah. beautiful in terms of sharing their experiences. They're absolutely incredible. I, I cannot get over it. It's just, it's one of those things that doesn't shock me, but it just, it's every single time I hear something like that, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Erin. That was, that was so well put. Yeah, thank you for um, taking the time to share and educate people. We really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Next, we have an anonymous. Mm. Hello, Um, anonymous. Anonymous, and the title of this is called Poop Stories. Love that. You know what I fucking hate? It's a sheer unpredictability about chronic illness. Like, your body does weird shit, and you can't tell what's going to happen next. I was in fucking bed about half an hour ago, um, watching some random shit, trying to go to sleep. Um, my partner was next to me, he's passed the fuck out. Our dogs were half asleep. Our rat was mostly asleep. I was like, you know what? I'll feed the dogs. I'll get the fuck out of bed, despite feeling like shit. Because I've just spent the last 40 minutes trying to play with the dogs and end up coughing to the point where it sounds like I have whooping cough out of nowhere and choking. But you know what? Should feed the dogs. Do the good thing. Be a fucking good person. Got their food. Might even think about getting myself some food. That's a fucking second thought at this point. They're eating. I'm outside. I fart. I literally shit myself. Like, we're talking liquid down the leg kind of level shit. And I wasn't wearing underpants or pants because 
I was whooping coughing level, coughing so hard I've just pissed my pants. So I took them off before this happened. What the fuck? Seriously. This is like what the fuck? Your body just does weird shit. And it's not cool. If this happened anywhere else, I would be seriously embarrassed rather than thinking it was kind of fucking hilarious. Because that's the only way you can fucking deal with this shit. That's stunning. That is... Yeah. Oh, mate. I... Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm Thank so you for sharing, though. We love that. <laughs> that was great. Like, as soon as I heard it, I was just like, the double whammy. No. Like... Pissing yourself first and being like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because I had that recently with the UTI. Like, constantly, like, I had to buy those, the underwear that is, like, the I've got the period underwear kind of thing. I had to wear those all the time because I was literally just about pissing myself a little bit all the time. But doing that and then shitting yourself, oh, no. <laughs> I know. So funny. Oh. I know. It's Good heartbreaking, thing. but also, you're right, it. If it had happened, I'll cheer you up. I'll cheer you up with um, something I did, which was really like, so I found expired medicine on the ground, just like when I was walking around, (laughs) (laughs) like expired arthritis medicine. I was like, oh, maybe this would help me. (laughs) Uh, What is this? I don't even know, but maybe it could have a good effect. So let's, let's go. I was on my way to a bar wearing a nice dress, pair of heels. Wait, did you say you, this. you found it outside the house? Yeah. Oh, not just like on the floor at home, just no, no, on no, no, the no, ground. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out. What the fuck? I found a bag of heroin once too, but that's yeah. a different story. We've all found a um, bag of drugs and just been like, let's see how this goes. Um, so anyway, no. I rock up. I had arthritis medication. You I rock up to the bar and... I'm like, hello, everyone, and immediately just shit myself. (laughs) (laughs) And it runs down my leg into my heel. Oh, no. (laughs) So, yeah, that that was. And it was because, like, it was. So this person was genuinely sick. I did this to myself. You did? You're a menace. Why, why, Why did they allow you out of the hospital? You should have stayed there forever. This uh, is a while ago, though. This is a while. Oh, I'm no. I'm just saying they finally had you in the within. Yeah, the they should have kept, they you, there, yeah. kept you there. Um, yeah. Wow. That's. Thank you so much for sharing that, anonymous. And um, that was fucking amazing. Um, I'm so sorry, um, but also thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. We appreciate yeah. it. More. Yeah. More. Um, shitting your pants stories please. stories please yeah we we enjoy bodily function stories and uh we we encourage you to send them in thanks our last one is from maggie bowyer um and they say i love the show i appreciate all you do to lift up community members voices i wanted to share just some comfort for all of us it's been a trying year for so many and we all deserve a nap an inside joke for the poem to follow I hope this works, and if it doesn't, I understand. I appreciate all that you do, especially with everything that's going on with both of you. Thank you. Oh, thank what you, sweetie. I know. I want to give hug. Is someone trying to take Jamila's place as poet Laura Key? Oh my god! We will see. Jamila, you've got competition, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Hi, uh, my name is Maggie Boyer, and I am the author of When I Bleed: Poems About Endometriosis. 
and ungodly. I wanted to reach out today because there is a lot happening in the endometriosis community, particularly in Australia right now, but really worldwide. And I think that this message applies to anyone with any chronic illness. I see you advocating for yourself when it feels impossible, when you have no strength left. I see you trying anything and everything you can. And I'm sorry that you're being looked over or mistreated or don't have access to gold standard treatments or are still in a stage of being disbelieved. Or maybe you are waiting on a treatment right now because of everything that is going on worldwide and we deserve better pain management in the interim, but we deserve true action and we deserve our doctors to be making those actions on our behalf and to help us through this and to advocate for us because a lot of us are too sick to advocate for ourselves. So if you are out there trying your hardest or, you know, trying with the single spoon you have or you're on a rest day from trying, I see you and it's okay and I'm sorry, but please keep going because we are not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until we are all receiving far better than we are right now. This, this is not enough. It is not what we deserve. We deserve trained surgeons worldwide for endometriosis excision. We deserve universal health care here in the U.S. We deserve insulin price caps. You deserve not to have to travel overseas for your surgeries. I am so sorry that so many of us are battling these huge beasts right now. But keep going because your voice matters. Take a nap today if you need. But please keep going. I wanted to read a little poem for you um, in case you needed to rest today to remind you how pretty amazing you are. <laughs> it's called appointment armor. Some days there's a fight in me. There's a burning heap of flames where my body used to be. Some days I am a light with feverish frustration that keeps me fighting for the hope of something ever getting better. Today I need a nap before I can don battle gear to take a swing at the medical system. Maggie, thank you so much for that, Maggie. That was absolutely beautiful. And um, yeah, your your message um, really does resonate, um, even though you're speaking from the angle of uh, endometriosis, it really does resonate so much across um, the board with so many different chronic illnesses. So that was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and you know, Sometimes I'm here just from, just out of pure rage and spite. Oh, but yeah. It's important to rest too. Thank you so much, Maggie. And um, we will let you and Jamila fight to the death um, for the title of 
poet lorikeet um, on this podcast. If you would like to send in your own Spoonie hotline, you can send us an email with some text in it or you can record a voice memo on your phone or any other whiz-bang audio setup you might have and email it to us at chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com. And if you do have um, any other access needs for submitting a Spoonie hotline, feel free to get in touch with um, either Joe or myself. We're happy to, to help you out so we can get as many voices in the mix as possible. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode, Chloe. Yes. It's been so good to see you, baby. I know. I've missed us. <laughs> We're so hilarious and hot and sexy. Um, but yes, uh, that is the end of episode 26. And uh, we will try not to leave as much time in between this yeah, one and 27. We, sit every time. <laughs> we do. But uh, we promise we'll, we'll give it a red hot run. Kisses. Kisses. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.